0: Hello, everyone. i hey everyone, it's teacher Lydia. You're listening to international talk. Today is 媽媽是日本人,媽媽是美國人,大概8年前搬來台灣教英文和學中文。首先我會問她一些簡單的問題,讓大家先認識她的背景跟生活。放輕鬆聽,這段結束後我會用中文簡單描述她的回答。Let's welcome Arya. Thank you Arya for coming Hi. today. <laughs> so let's start with the most basic question. Okay. Probably everyone asks you
1: all the time, where are you from? I'm from Hokkaido, Japan. And your parents are from? My dad is from Hokkaido and my mom's from Pennsylvania, like the east coast of the U.S. Cool. Where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Sopor my entire life until 18.
0: Where did you go after, your, after that?
1: Um, so after high school, I went to Pennsylvania for college because I wanted to get to know my mom's side of the family better and like where she grew up. And can you tell us
0: how many languages
1: do you speak? I know you speak many, many languages. So I have studied Spanish and Arabic, but I technically speak two and a half. And I only say two and a half because my Chinese isn't that great. But I am a native speaker in English and Japanese. Uh, so our listeners can't tell right now, but
0: actually, I think Aria's Chinese is really, really good. <laughs> um, so how do you, why don't you tell us about um, what brought you to Taiwan? How long you've been in Taiwan?
1: So um, I've been in Taiwan for about seven and a half years at this point. It's... Been a while, um, but right after college, I had gotten a scholarship from the US government, and it was a scholarship to teach, which kind of sounds weird, but it's a pretty famous grant, and that's why I came to Taiwan. How long were you teaching for? Um, well, first, it was only for a year. I was in Elon teaching at a public school, and then as soon as the opportunity to apply for second year came up, I jumped on it because I knew that one year in Taiwan wasn't going to be enough. And what are you doing at the moment? Because you're not teaching anymore. No, I'm not teaching anymore, but I'm a full-time graduate student currently. Where,
0: <laughs> where and
1: what do you study? Tell um, I'm at NTU and I study political science.
0: Very cool. And it's very impressive because I think cause your, your classes are not in Chinese, right?
1: Uh, yes, the program is taught in Chinese, but there are courses that are taught in English so that the Taiwanese students can get used to using more English in the academic setting. That's still really impressive, though, because you don't actually have a Chinese
0: background. No, I don't. (laughs) But you you just learned it from being here, which I think is really, really amazing. Maybe you can tell us, speaking of that, how did you learn Chinese?
1: Um, Well, actually, I was kind of like a late starter, late bloomer when it came to Chinese because only in my last year in college did I realize I wanted to study Chinese. So um, senior year, fall semester, I audited for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. But I got really busy, so I kind of discontinued that. Um, but then I opted to live in a flat with three other Chinese students so that I could be around Chinese language. Um, didn't learn too much. <laughs> so when I came to Taiwan seven and a half years ago in the summer of 2013, like all I could do was really rely on my Japanese language skills with reading. So I didn't have a problem reading any signs or the menus, but I just had no idea how to say them in Chinese. So what I did was I would carry like a little notebook and a pen with me everywhere it went. And I would, if I didn't know how to say something, I would write it down in Japanese and hope that it would translate somehow to Chinese. And if it was different, then I would ask whoever I was talking to, to teach me the correct word or the correct phrases that I needed to use.
0: So you really were using your environment to try and really engage with the language and constantly learning and keep track of all the things you're learning.
1: Yes, um, everywhere I went, whether it was uh, like a drink shop staff or a lady who sold clothes or anybody on the street that helped me out, I saw them as my teacher.
0: That's really cool. I think it's a really good way to learn language, to think of everyone as your teacher. Yeah. Not only your, you know, official teacher, but, you know, your classmates, your friends, uh, like you said, the shop owner, like mm-hmm. restaurant waitress, like anyone who you talk to can be a teacher. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. So last question for the more general part. Um, okay. What are your hobbies? I know you have lots of really interesting hobbies.
1: Um, I used to do more art, like photography and drawing. But in the last couple years, I've been more into belly dancing. I've actually been dancing for about 10 years at this point. Only as a student, um, I'm not good enough to actually teach it yet but maybe someday i will who knows you might not you cannot see her belly dancing but i have and i can say it's very
0: very very cool (laughs) it looks really really beautiful too so i really i think it's a really hard dance style as well because it's very specific right the movements and
1: very specific um oriental dancing or what's known as belly dancing there's a lot of hip movements and you're supposed to make it look like it's easy, but you're using a lot of your muscles to isolate movements, whether it's your chest, your hips, or your feet, or arms, um, it's, it gets pretty complex.
0: Mm-hmm. I do you, answer, you a very really person. She 他爸爸就是北海盜人 Coast,East 在East Coast Coast 两个半语言,就是英文、日文,然后一半的中文 那其实虽然很可惜没有听到Aria讲中文 他来台湾七年半了, this point,就是目前为止,来了七年半 她大学毕业后拿到一个奖学金教完一年之后他就决定想要继续留在台湾 jumped on it 因为他知道一年的台湾绝对不够但是他现在其实没有在教英文了我那时候就说我觉得她是个非常厉害的一个人 She's very impressive 他说,I was kind of a late starter, late bloomer 中文的國字怎麼樣可以比較標準的去說他想說的東西那我覺得這是一個非常棒的一個學習方式那他這個 跳舞比较特别，他是在学肚皮舞，很厉害的一个舞蹈。他说他已经学了十年，但是都是学生。他说他还不够好，可以去教。虽然听众们没有办法看到他的跳舞，但是我有看过，真的是一个很厉害而且很美的一个舞蹈。我就问他说：“是不是很困难的一个舞蹈风格？”他就说：“看起来是一个很简单的一个舞蹈，好像只要动动腰就可以了，但其实没有那么简单。” 他说 are using a lot of your muscles to isolate movements 意思就是你要刻意去用不同的肌肉当你在动一个地方的时候其他部位还是要定住而且有一点复杂他说 gets pretty complex 就是有时候会变得蛮复杂的一个舞蹈那在这里不知道大家听完有没有觉得好像有听懂一些如果没有的话当然欢迎回去再听一次 All right, so now that our listeners know a little bit more about you, I want to talk to you a bit more about your experiences and your stories. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is culture experiences. So you've been in Taiwan seven and a half years, you said? Yes. Uh, When you first arrived in Taiwan, so seven and a half years ago, were there any things that you felt like really shocked you, any culture shock moments that you thought, wow, this country is so different or this culture is so different?
1: I think the most shocking thing was how toilet paper wasn't being flushed <laughs> <laughs> and seeing a basket full of used toilet paper right in front of my eyes. That's not something they do in Japan? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think because of that, um, when Japan started having more like Chinese tourists, Chinese and Taiwanese tourists, that's what they did because that's what they do back home. But Japanese people really weren't used to that. So I started seeing a lot of like, posters and notes in bathrooms in my hometown in Sapporo in, you know, like incorrect Chinese saying like, please don't put it in the waste <laughs> bin. <laughs> please flush it down. You know,
0: here's the yeah. opposite, right? They always have the <clears throat> sign saying, please yeah. don't flush the toilet yeah, 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 paper. Yeah.
1: But like, I, I've gotten used to it. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's
0: a good one. It's, it's a, it's a small detail, but yes. it's surprisingly important. Yep. So, or is there anything that uh, happened or did you hear anything about Taiwanese culture? Um, that you couldn't believe, or you, that you didn't understand, or you thought, that's really strange?
1: Um, I didn't find it strange, but when... I'm going to backtrack a little bit, but when I was applying for the scholarship um, back in college, I really didn't know what Taiwan was about, I didn't know what language people spoke here, I didn't know the culture, the history, or anything. But I did have a Taiwanese friend in college, like he was the only one Taiwanese student in my school um, and he was like, yeah, people are nice there. And I was like, OK, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know what he meant by that until I like, really got here and interacted with local people, um, at least in my experience as a foreign young woman. People have been very nice and willing to help me. Like, I don't even have to say anything. Like, just looking a little confused on the streets, people come up to me in English and say, Do you need help? Are you lost? And, like, these people probably have places to go to, but they have always, like, offered to walk me to where I need to go to, or, um, like, if they don't know themselves, they'll, like, ask another Taiwanese person and, like, take their time to help me out. And so that's always been something I've been always thankful for and just kind of shocked in a good way, because I don't think that really happens in Japan. Where
0: <laughs> <I'm from. laughs> it is true that a lot of people who come to Taiwan say one of the things they like most about Taiwan is how friendly people are. Mm-hmm. So I think it is definitely a, um, an important factor for mm-hmm. Taiwanese people.
1: Yeah, and image. I try to pass it on to other like, non-Taiwanese people who visit Taiwan, because I want them to leave here and think, oh yeah, people were nice yeah yeah
0: cool do you ever get asked about japanese culture um based on true or false stereotypes because a lot you probably noticed a lot of people here do really like japan mm-hmm. or they follow japanese culture is there anything that has anyone ever asked you like do you do that or is it true that um that's either true or false
1: um hmm i don't think i get that those kinds of questions from Taiwanese people per se, it seems like non-Taiwanese people that I meet in Taiwan seem to not know much about Japan. (laughs) That's one thing, I think, uh, that people misunderstand, maybe, that we don't eat, like, raw fish every day. It's really only for, like, birthdays or, like, graduations, special occasions and celebrations.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, you can, like, go out for sushi with your family once in a while or... Like the kaiten zushi, the, the circular the, sushi, I don't know, conveyor belt like, sushi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the weekends, but it's not something we always eat. That's yeah, it's a special occasion thing.
0: Hmm. I thought I thought it was, it was like a common general food.
1: But... No, so when I see like sushi, quote unquote, in like packs sold on the streets, I'm like, <laughs> this is so weird.
0: <laughs> so the 7-Eleven sushi is probably yeah, weird. That, that
1: actually kind of scares me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's safe to eat, but yeah, it's it's not like I don't know the occasion isn't right, so like I don't just eat it every day. You know? I guess it
0: would like if it would be like if somebody um, ate steak every day or was like you know or eating like fancy. turkey
1: every day maybe like that because you know you only eat that for special occasions in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, and to have it sell, sold in the convenience store <laughs> mm. would be a little weird. Mm-hmm. I can get that. Is there
0: a Taiwanese habit that you've developed? Since you lived here,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um, I always carry my water bottle with me and an umbrella. The umbrella, especially because my first year in Taiwan, I lived in Ilan, so it basically rained all the time. Like no matter what the season was, so you always had to be prepared. So always carry an umbrella and water because I was taught not to drink the tap water here. Um, And there's always, you know, like water machines everywhere you go. So I carry that. I do this even when I'm in the U.S. or Japan. And I think the biggest thing I do now is I keep my, like, food trash in the freezer. That's not something you did before? No. (laughs) I mean, okay, so first, the first couple weeks or the first month in Elon, I kept, like, fruit peels in the kitchen, in the sink, in a bag. Uh-huh. And then I was starting to see these little bugs crawl in and out, and I didn't know oh, what they no. were. They turned out to be little baby cockroaches. <laughs> there are no cockroaches in Japan?
0: In the um,
1: not, not where I'm from in, like, northern Japan. Like, there's, like, a pride among people from Hokkaido. Like, yeah, we don't have cockroaches here, but there are, like, in the, in the south. Yeah, so um, after I realized what I had been doing my flatmates back then and I started keeping our food trash in the freezer and one time when I was back home in Sapporo I saw my mom you know do that because that's what how we do it in Sapporo and I was like oh my god mom like you can't do this like you got to put it in the freezer she's like you're not in Taiwan right now like relax like don't worry I was like oh shit I forgot (laughs) Yeah,
0: food here is really yeah that's something I had to get used to too is that I used to just leave food in my room all the Mm -hmm. time and like if it's not Closed, it's not that actually that bad. But yeah. here, yeah, you leave yeah. it out for an hour, the cockroaches will come. Yep, for so, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a good habit to have developed. Yeah. <laughs> Useful in Taiwan. Yep. What do you like about living in Taiwan? Other than the friendliness of the people?
1: Oh man. Um I'm from a very snowy place and I love cold temperatures. So every summer when it gets really hot, I'm like, why am I still in Taiwan? <laughs> But I think what keeps me here is um, the convenience, at least in Taipei, um, and how easy it is to get to places throughout Taiwan. It's easy to find activities, whether it's art or music or something outdoors, um, or social events, dancing. There's, There's always something happening, and you're never bored in Taipei, at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a, that's a good point. I think I agree. A lot of people come here and they find there are a lot of activities you can do mm-hmm. and whether you like, you know, crafting or, or dancing, you know, all the different kind of activities. There's a lot available here mm-hmm. um, and not too not too expensive either. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were a teacher before for how many years did you teach?
1: Um, officially with the program that brought me to Taiwan, too. First year in a public elementary school, and then my second year I was at a public middle school.
0: So I'm sure you know, there's a lot of things about the Taiwanese education system which probably you you have recognized, and you see the differences in Taiwanese education uh, systems compared to, you know, Western styles and maybe even Japanese style. Mm -hmm. But um, as a teacher, what did you think were the biggest challenges that Taiwanese students had when they
1: were learning English? In terms of learning English in the classroom, I think it was how much kids were afraid to use it or how much they hated it, actually. <laughs> so, the kids who had like extra bushibang classes with English and had been used to English, they felt really comfortable with me. But those who did not and had a pretty negative experience beforehand really didn't want to communicate with me or like talk at all, even if it was with a Taiwanese English teacher. Yeah, so I think like previous maybe traumatic experiences have like turned them off from wanting to learn in English.
0: So you think a lot of kids maybe maybe because of the, the teaching style here and how it's very much um, you know memorizing words and yeah, things.
1: Yeah, it could be the teaching style or it could be just that the parents are pushing it on them mm-hmm. and because it's not their own motivation that's driving them to learn they're just like uh i'm just doing it because because my parents are telling me to do it and mm. they're not interested in it themselves there's no
0: intrinsic motivation yeah, to learn
1: yeah
0: yeah that makes sense i hear mm. that a lot as well what are the biggest differences between taiwan japan and the us would you say
1: okay so let me let me start with like education style so because um i was educated in the japanese public school for elementary school and then i went to a, a international school for middle school high school within the US curriculum and then went to the US for college and then I'm doing grad school in Taiwan now so I have experience in three countries being educated in three different distinct styles but I think in Japan there was a really there was a big focus on students cooperating like Mm -hmm. everything was a cooperative endeavor whether it was like cleaning the classrooms or cleaning other rooms um, throughout the school building Um, There was a a focus on team, Mm -hmm. teamwork, team building, consensus. Um, And at that time, I didn't feel like I wasn't supposed to share my opinions, but I was kind of on the shyer side the older I got. Um, But switching to the international school and then going to college in the US, I was really shocked at how um, proactive the students were. They, they, they They were raising their hands all the time. They had something to say. They had their own ideas and opinions and i was really impressed in and, the us yeah in the us and at the international school however in the us though um it seemed like people just like to talk in general and i don't want to make judgments here but i didn't think like a lot of people had much to say but they still wanted to talk talking for the sake of talking yeah basically. it seemed like that yeah and then i come to taiwan as a teacher um at a public middle school and uh elementary school kids don't want to really raise their hands like the really 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 like um proactive ones do like you might get like one or two of them in a the class of 28 or 30 students but it seems like they're always looking for the right answer and if it's not the right answer they don't want to say anything mm-hmm. um and it's been the case for private students where they're like oh teacher, what's the correct answer? And I'm like, well, I'm asking what you think about something. What is your opinion on this? Mm. But they just seem so concerned about getting things right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. there is no right answer. It's okay. Um, So, yeah, education is very different. Um, I think people-wise, in Japan, there seems to be, like, a great focus and concern about not offending people. And, yes, like, that exists here in Taiwan and in the U.S., um, but in Japan I feel like there's like an underlying fear mm. it's driven by fear in the US you're polite because that's what you're kind of supposed to do mm-hmm. like you smile a lot you hold the door for people that doesn't happen in Japan like I don't even have to make eye contact with people when I'm back home
0: so the fear is what is that fear of in Japan
1: Um, I think fear of judgment a lot of people dress really well, and they really care about their appearances. But I think it's because of the fear of being judged. Mm.
0: Um, are people? Do you fear. think? Do you feel that people are more judgmental in Japan compared to the U.S.?
1: Ah, this is this is hard to make a blanket statement of. But I think in the U.S., I've been personally, I've been able to feel more at ease with myself. Um, there are more different kinds of people in the U S. Um, so I didn't feel like I was obese. Whereas in Japan, I was always, I wasn't directly told that I was obese, but I am taller than the average Japanese woman or I have bigger feet or, um, because I am half white, like I have different features than Mm -hmm. like, quote unquote, pure Japanese people. So
0: they're just less, maybe less, um, used to different people and different yeah, backgrounds. Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's less of a... There's less space to be different. Mm. Mm. Whereas in the U.S., there's so many different kinds of people. Like, maybe not in, like, the rural areas, but still, like, as long as you're American, you're American, like, that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And
0: there are, I guess, because also America's so big, there's mm-hmm. so many different um, styles and backgrounds, and people can still look very different.
1: Mm-hmm and still be considered American. Whereas in Japan, as a mixed race person, I'm not really accepted as being Japanese, despite the fact that I'm a native speaker of it, of Japanese language, Um, have a Japanese passport, my father's Japanese, and I have a Japanese sounding looking name. But um, I think in Taiwan, I, I see it as like a nice middle ground between Japan and the U.S. Like yes, there's consideration for others, um, but it's not. I don't think it's like driven by fear like it is in Japan. But then you don't get like the smiley holding your door kind of a thing that you get in the U.S. Here, so um, it's not. Not nothing is bad. It's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do sense that people are a little more relaxed mm. with how they dress or how they present themselves. Yeah, I think one of the biggest shocks, oh, I should have said this earlier, but one of the biggest shocks that I noticed here was how women don't wear a lot of makeup or don't wear high heels or even shave certain, like, shave the hair of of certain body parts, like Mm -hmm. the legs, the armpits, and seeing armpit hair on women on the MRT in the summer, (laughs) seven and a half years ago, I was shocked, and I'm going to be honest, I was, I was disgusted. (laughs) But I've grown and I now think that like you do you, like whatever makes you comfortable and whatever you want to do with your own body, that's all up to you. And I have like, you know, like no part in judging people for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the things is when you're, um, when you see and you witness and experience different cultures, you first see things and you're like, whoa, that's so weird. Or that's so different. But then you start to understand it and you start to accept it Mm -hmm. and it becomes a lot more like, oh, okay. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. It's no, just different. No. Um, but yeah, which I think it's always really interesting um, seeing different cultures and also hearing other people's perspective on a culture that you already know. Mm-hmm. So for example, I, I feel like I've known Taiwan, even though I've only lived here four years, I I know Taiwan pretty well. Yeah. But I always love hearing other people's experiences mm, or these yeah, yeah, insights yeah. into Taiwan that yeah. um, I might not have thought of before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So we're approaching the end of our interview. um, Two final questions that I'm going to ask all of my interviewees. The first one, since um, my biggest goal here is still teaching English, what would be your biggest tip for Taiwanese people when they're learning English?
1: Um, I think for learning English, there's no one right way to learn it. Um, I know at least in Japan, they're like, oh, I want to be like a native speaker level. Like that—that's what I want to achieve. But I don't think they know how to have fun with learning it in Japan. So people get stuck easily. So I think for English language learners in Taiwan, like find ways to make it fun for yourself. Um, whether it's reading the newspaper or watching shows on Netflix or I don't know, like listening to music. Like make it fun for yourself. Like there's no one right way to learn a language. And also um, do it in a way that's like sustainable for you. Like it's easy to be like, yes, like these are my language goals. Like I want to hit this and this and this by this time. But language takes a lot of time. So be patient with yourself and yeah, do it so that you can do it for a long time so that you're not going to give up after a month or a year.
0: I love that. It's a journey. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's true actually. Yeah. Learning a language is a journey. It's not a, you know, you do it for a month and then you ace it. I really like that. That was really good advice. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, the last question, final question. If you could say one thing to Taiwanese people in general, um, what would you what would you
1: say? One thing. Oh, um, <laughs> is it okay if it's two? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, they're, they're both like <laughs> education related, but I think being a teacher, um, I've been heartbroken seeing my kids just like having to work so hard all the time. Like they go to school. And then they get like bussed to like a cram school afterwards. I'm like, when do these kids get to be kids? Like, I don't I'm not sure if they have enough time to just, you know, socialize and like play around and like run around and be a kid. So I guess my first wish slash hope is for kids like to have the space and the time to just be kids mm. and not have to work on school and assignments all the time. And I think that relates to my second thing that I'd like to say is that like leave, leave yourself and like other people space for making mistakes. Um, Being a teacher, I felt like my students didn't, weren't allowed that. They were scared of making mistakes. Yeah, they're always scared of making mistakes. So like their questions were, well, teacher, what's the right answer? But when you take that fear of making mistakes out of the equation, then they're more ease of exploring I think Mm -hmm. and maybe even like developing their own ideas and perspectives and just like experimenting more Yeah, so when you have that fear of Yeah, failure, I think it keeps you from trying a lot of things or like doing some things differently Mm -hmm. So yeah, give give yourself and people spaces to do that and then I think that just like connects to growth in so many other uh, ways
0: so I would say, in <laughs> summary, basically is enjoy life, have fun, yeah, and um, be don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yes,
1: enjoy life yeah. and don't be afraid to make mistakes. Because that's literally the best way to learn something.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks Lily, for
1: having me. It was really fun. It was really
0: interesting. I learned a lot. 聽完Aria的訪談,有沒有覺得聽外國人的想法對於台灣跟文化差異真的是一件很有趣的事情? 他说在日本他们一定会直接把他冲掉但是他覺得這是一件好事不是壞事接下來我就問他來台灣之後有沒有學到哪一些台灣人的習慣所以他现在就很习惯会把他的厨余垃圾放在冷冻库里面有时候是因为被家长逼 他们就会觉得很焦虑。人跟人之间的互动，他觉得也有不同。日本人很怕得罪人，美国人的想法比较开放，那台湾人属于中间的平衡。最后问他两个问题，第一个是他想要给学英文的台湾人最大的建议是什么？他说要用自己喜欢的方式学习，这样才会有动力持续。他说学语言就像是一个旅程。他需要时间慢慢经营他覺得台灣的小朋友很辛苦聽完翻譯的你 现在可以回去再听一次Aria说的话 看你有没有觉得好像比较听得懂 I had such a great time talking to Arya today. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, and also learned something interesting. If you enjoyed today's interview, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can also tag me on Instagram, Teacher Lydia Languages, to let me know what you thought and to stay up to date with the newest interviews. See you next time.